So if we're in these groups already and we're creating them and starting them out, does that then also help? Because I know people will ask and go straight to the, will that, will that help boost me on the regular feed if I'm interact? Like, are they connected, so to speak? Right. Um, yeah. So the way the algorithm works is... Convos with Con, you guys. I'm so excited today because we have a super, super special guest, and you guys already know who she is because I've been sharing it like crazy. We have the one and only Miss Nona Jones. Welcome, Nona. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm glad we get to do this. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, before we jump right into it, because I literally could spend forever talking to you and gleaning from you, and I want to be respectful of your time. But before we get into everything, I just want to share with the listeners how I found you and um, how I, this all came about. You guys, I found Nona because she did an interview on Carrie Newhoff's leadership podcast, and she was talking about Facebook. Now, a lot of you listening, I know, use Facebook for your businesses and for your ministries, as do I. And my husband said, you got to go listen to this interview. So I did, and I did like probably most people do, and I went straight to Instagram and looked her up. And that's honestly where I fell in love <laughs> with you, Nona, <laughs> because... <laughs> This woman, you guys, if you're not following her already, go follow her right now. It's Nona, not Nora. That's her name. And you are just full of so much wisdom, not just because you're a successful woman and you work for Facebook, but because you have overcome obstacles and you're not afraid to share them. You are bold in your faith. You are inspiring to women in business and you are a mom and a pastor's wife and all these things rolled into one and you do it with such grace and hope and humility and I'm going to try to tap into as much of that as we possibly can. So that's how I found Nona. That's how I came to love her. So Nona, thank you again for being here. This is so fun for me and so exciting. And we're just going to jump <laughs> right in. So for those who- You are who incredibly kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well-deserved. Well trust me. Um, let's just jump into you telling us a little bit about your role with Facebook. I know a lot of people would be surprised to hear what your title is and what you do there. Sure. So um, I should first say I've been with Facebook about two and a half years now, but before I was asked to come to the company, I had not been working in tech or social media at all. And so I like to always start there because um, when you get into the tech sector, most people you talk to, they have kind of done the circuit. They've been from Facebook to Google and Google to Twitter and Twitter to, you know, Oracle and all those places. I am not one of those. So um, I was asked to join the company because the mission was changed back in 2017 to focus on community building. And um, there was some research that Mark had commissioned to better understand what are all of the different types of communities that exist in the world. And when the results came back, uh, it was found that there are many different types of communities, but the largest community that is the most meaningful to the people who are in them are communities of faith. 
and the company had never focused on communities of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark himself was not a person of faith. And so I think he was really shocked by that. And so I was asked to join the company to really help think about, okay, what does the strategy need to be to serve communities of faith? How do we build tools and products um, that can meet the needs of communities of faith? And then um, that's kind of my internally facing role. And then externally facing, I get to work with uh, church leaders, denominational leaders, um, faith-based organizations all around the world to equip them to do what I call digital discipleship, which is really taking, taking social technology from being just a marketing platform to being a platform where you can actually help people grow in their faith in God. So that's what I get to do. And um, I tell you, every day is a dream. I love my job and I consider it such a privilege. I love it. Well, I I think that's amazing. I love what you said about digital discipleship. That's a I'm going to coin that phrase too and keep repeating that <laughs> because I believe that you can have, I mean, you know how it is with the way that it's going right now with social media and just, I fully believe you can have true community and you can be a light, so to speak, through through Facebook of all things. And so that's, again, why I think it drew me into you so much to see that was literally your role is to help people do that. So my question would be to you for people who are trying to maybe not even just build a ministry per se, but, but their businesses, right? Because as we know, your ministry is anything that you have in your hand right now. It could be absolutely anything, right? You don't have to be part of a church, so to speak, to be in ministry. But how would we what are some tangible steps that we should be taking if we do want to build some community on Facebook? Do we, do we all need to start a group? Do we, will we not be seen if we're not starting groups or how does that work? Great question. So um, one of the, I think one of the things that was changed over the last year and a half that really left a lot of businesses um, kind of upset was the algorithm shifted uh, in order to prioritize engagement over just content. And for the longest time, there was that idea that, you know, content is king. And while that is true, um, what we found through research is that people who were just passively consuming content um, were actually experiencing negative well-being. Um, They were feeling isolated. They were feeling uh, disconnected, discouraged. There was just a lot of negative attributes that they were experiencing. And so what we decided to do is based on the research, we decided to prioritize um, interactions. And so right now, in order for people to build communities, you have to build uh, experiences where people interact, not just with you, but with each other. And I think that's, that's a huge kind of departure from um, the norm in that for the longest time, it was all about, okay, how do we you know, get people to like our content? Well, now it's how do we use our content in order to facilitate relationships between and among people and between and among our organization? Um, so yeah, that's really the, the thinking. And the platform that I've been really promoting heavily are Facebook groups because a lot of organizations aren't using groups. And if they are using groups, they tend to just use them like their page. But The way I want you to think about your Facebook presence is think about it like a house where your page is your front porch. So it's the place people can kind of walk up to. They can see what you're about in a surface way, whereas your group is really like your living room or your kitchen. It's the place where you invite people inside. Uh, You can get to know them. They can get to know you. 
And even more, they get to know the other people in your house. And so that's the differentiator. And I am strongly recommending that for people who want to increase your reach, uh, the way to do that is going to be through engagement. Now, what that also means is you can no longer have this kind of set it and forget it uh, type of social strategy, which, you know, people schedule posts, it posts, and then you kind of walk away. Now, you really do need to be interacting with people. If they comment, you want to make sure that you're responding, um, and you just need to find ways to have a conversation as opposed to just sharing content. Love it. Love it. So if we're in these groups already and we're creating them and starting them out, does that then also help because I know people will ask and go straight to the, will that, will that help boost me on the regular feed if I'm interact, like, are they connected, so to speak? Right. Um, yeah. So the way the algorithm works is the algorithm prioritizes, um, different types of surfaces. It also prioritizes interactions. And so uh, when the algorithm sees that some of the content you're sharing has more comments, it has more tags, it has more shares, more likes, then it will treat that content more favorably because um, the perception is, okay, this is something that people want to see. And so that's part of the reason why you definitely want to make sure you're interacting more because that's how you're going to increase the the reach of your posts. Got it. So be more engaging and more conversational and build more relationships and then don't worry about the rest, basically. Pretty (laughs) much. Yeah. (laughs) Let it take care of itself. Well, you know, I love it because it's getting back to what we crave and what we know we are created to do. And it is to be in community. And for so long, social media has taken us away from that. And this is bringing it back to say, we're no longer going to be just like you said, passive, you know, viewers, so to speak, we're going to be engaging. And I absolutely love it. And it's more needed now than ever before, in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to segue into from talking about all that because you are all about, uh, you know, creating that engagement in your own life and being real with people and opening up with people. And you do that through this new book that you have coming out. I'm so excited for it. I cannot wait for it. I've been on the pre-order list. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. I, you know, and it's amazing that you juggle all of this and you're still able to put out this book, but tell us a little bit about the heart behind your book, um, Success from the Inside Out, and what we can expect from this book. And who, who, yeah, is, it with, yeah. who is it speaking sure. to? Sure. So um, first of all, this, this book is, um, it's, it's my heart project. Um, it is I've done a lot of things in my life, but I will tell you, this is the thing that I'm, I'm most proud of because it's, it's my story. You know, I think a lot of people write books about things, about places, um, but this is just my story. And so just to give you a little overview, um, you know, I think people sometimes walk into the chapter your life is on and they assume that's the whole story. And so I've had people say things like, oh my gosh, you know, your life is so great. It's so cool. You have this amazing job. You're doing ministry around the world. And that is true that that's the chapter I'm I'm in. But I actually um, grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Uh, My father passed away when I was really young and my mother's boyfriend was sexually abusive for many, many years. My mother was physically abusive at the same time. And so I had a very, very dysfunctional upbringing and, you know, to make a very long story short, I think, 
there was so much hopelessness in my life that I had tried to commit suicide at the ages of nine and 11 unsuccessfully, but I tried because I could not envision better. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home. There was no conversation about church. There was no Bible, Jesus, God, none of that. So I really had no concept of a future or a better opportunity or situation. Um, And so, you know, thankfully I found the Lord when I was around 11 years old and my life took a very dramatic turn that I talk about in the book. um, So much so that before that time, I wasn't really doing my schoolwork. Um, I'd been labeled a problem child. I was even told I had a learning disability because I wasn't able to function in class. Um, Afterward, my behavior drastically improved. I focused in school, began making all A's, ended up graduating um, near the top of my class. And from that point, it was just an upward trajectory. I mean, went to college, full scholarship, was president of all these different organizations, Then I graduated. I got into corporate America. Within the first year, I was appointed to an executive role at a very large corporation. And from that point, I continued my rapid rise in the world of business as well as in the world of government, the nonprofit sector. But um, the reason I wrote the book is because while all those great things were happening to me, there was still this lingering emptiness and this lingering void, this lingering sense of unworthiness and inadequacy. And it took um, a few pivotal events to take place that I detail more in the book where I realized that it was I needed to do some, some work. I needed to do some self-work because I was using my work, I was using my career as a proxy for my worth. I was using it as a proxy for my value because the trauma that I experienced in my past honestly made me believe I didn't have value. And I, I talk about this in the book so much because what I have discovered is that there are a lot of people who are very, very externally successful while battling internal feelings of insecurity and unworthiness. And so the book is called Success from the Inside Out because it's chronicling my own journey to freedom, uh, to discovering my value as an individual Uh, apart from what I did or did not achieve, apart from the titles I did or did not have. And I'm hoping that people who read this book will not only see themselves in it, but they'll they'll discover their own path to freedom so that they're able to really walk um, through this life in the absence of feelings of unworthiness or invalidation. So that's my hope. And um, I'm just, I'm really excited about it because the response to the book thus far, the people who've been able to read it, it's just been incredible. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to God doing something through this project. Well, I'm going to tell you, he already has definitely done that much. I can tell you that. And just from what you shared right there, I'm not kidding you. I have goosebumps. You guys, again, Nona, what you share, you share bits and pieces, even on your Instagram that are so powerful and they're just your good, almost like one liner takeaway phrases, you know, and I know he's going to do a work. He already has begun that work and I'm so excited for it. And I'm so glad that you speak truth through it because here's the thing. And I want you to touch on this maybe too a little bit. You know, we're in this movement where it's all about the successful woman. And I love all that. You know, you can be a mom, you can be successful, you can do all these cool things and you can, but a lot of it stems from this place of you got to make it happen and it's on you. And we don't talk about, well, 
but you didn't create you. So how can you know your purpose if you weren't the creator of you? You know, my pastor talks about that all the time is you to, to know your purpose. He wrote the purpose driven life, Rick Warren, you know, the, one of my favorite books of all time. And you actually posted on your Instagram, I think a couple of days ago, you said something about your pain being used for a purpose or true success is not found until you find your purpose. And he says that yeah. too, your pain can be used for a purpose if you just look at it that way. So I guess what I'm saying with all of that is what would you say to the person who doesn't really see how their pain or how their past, how they can use that as their story? How, what do they have to do to, to find their purpose in a sense? Yeah. Um, I think part of, part of my healing journey was really coming to that recognition that my pain could in fact have purpose because there are so many people walking around in this world who are just as broken as we are, but they feel like they're alone. And in many instances, that's how we feel. Um, it's until we give voice to our pain and we actually can share you know, our hurt, we can share our uh, insecurities, we can share those areas where we feel inadequate that we, that we discover that there are other people just like us. And I believe that um, one of the most empowering things that we can do um, is give voice to the, the pain of our past. I really believe that's one of the most powerful things we can do because what that allows us to do then is it allows us um, to really detach that pain from our identity and make it into something that can then free other people. So that's something I talk about extensively in the book because for me, and this is why I even share my story so openly, I found that there's freedom in transparency. Um, a lot of times we, we keep things to ourselves because we're afraid of what people will think or what they'll think about us. But I've, I've said this before and I mean it, like I would rather people not like me for who I am than like me for who I'm not. Cause that yes. takes a tremendous amount of energy. So yes, there is, there is the capacity to find a purpose in pain. We just have to be willing to confront it and let God use it for others' help. Yes. I love, love, love that. Well, and I also agree that, you know, the harder, I think it's harder, the more successful you are, or especially even for people in ministry, like you shared, you were already a Christian, you were a believer, but it almost becomes harder to become more transparent when you've got these leadership roles or you're put on a pedestal, so to speak, you have to almost put on this image and you're saying, no, 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 no. It's the opposite. <laughs> you will find the most success and you will be the most fulfilled and you will impact the most people when you can share openly those things and what God has done through them. So you're not saying I'm perfect and I got here on easy street. You're saying, listen, I'm normal like you and here's what I've been through, but here's how I've come through. And that's what I see through you. And I feel like the world just needs more known us. We need more of that. And especially in leadership roles, especially in women of success. Well, I am grateful for the opportunity just to share about it. Because again, this is, this is my heart's work. This is my heart project. And so I'm just praying that, that people will see themselves in it and they'll also see their freedom. So thank you so much. Yes. Okay. So I want to um, have you tell them a little bit about how they can tap into the book. Where can we find it? When is it available? 
Sure. So um, you can actually find it on any uh, digital retailer you like. You can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Target, Walmart. It's there. Uh, you can also just go to my website, nonajones.com, um, and you can click on pre-order in order to order the book. Uh, and I would love to have your support. You can also follow me on social. Um, as uh, Connie said, my handle is just at Nona, not Nora. And that literally is my handle, Nona, not Nora. Um, but yeah, you can find it anywhere you buy your books and would love for your support. Thank you. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to leave with this. At the end of every podcast, I give everybody an action step because I never want this to be me just talking at people. I want us to take something and go implement it for the week. So I'm going to say that in one second, but I also want to ask you this because I want to do this with every person too. Can you give us just maybe one or two of the best pieces pieces of advice you've ever been given? Mm, the best no, question. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's actually okay. Uh, the best piece of advice I've ever been given is don't let criticism, actually it was don't let praise go to your head and don't let criticism go to your heart. Um, mm. It's really about keeping guard over what you allow to shape your personality. And yeah. so, you know, even when people praise me. I'm just, I reflect it back to God always. And then when people criticize me, I just say, okay, well, if there's something in there that I can learn from, then I want to learn it and apply it. Um, but yeah, just guarding your heart and your mind um, against both praise and criticism. <laughs> Love it. You know what? That reminds me of one of my favorites. I think Billy Graham said it, when you're running your race, don't turn your head for the cheers or the jeers. You just keep running forward. You keep looking up to God and I love it. I think that's amazing. All right, guys. So here's our action step. We are all going to go into our group on Facebook, our Convos with Con. And we are going, I'm going to have all the links in there. I'm going to have Nona's handles. And you're going to pre-order the book. And I want to hear your feedback. I know you give a free little audible as well right away. So I cannot wait to hear the feedback. And Nona, I'm going to share it with you. And we just, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. You are blessing so many people more than you probably ever could imagine. We're praying for you. We're cheering you on. And I just thank you for being here with me today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Take care.